Hello, friends, and welcome to Everyday Truth with Kurt Skelly. We're here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day, and we're so glad you joined us here for the conversation. Our study of the Gospel of Mark is focusing on the busy, productive, and life-changing work of Jesus in action. Now, let's join Kurt for today's episode. Hey, friends, welcome back. Appreciate you being here for the podcast today. Have one last picture to show you from Kevin Lendio. And this is one of some children playing in a slum gutter, sewage gutter in Kenya. Just kind of pulls your heartstrings to think about the conditions in which some people live around the world. And then to consider the condition of their spiritual condition on top of that. Wow, if we could only see people physically sometimes the way we can see them spiritually or see them spiritually I should say the way we see them physically I think our burden would increase so thank you Kevin for the last few days of reminding us of the importance of just having a heart for people and reaching them with the gospel Mark chapter 14 is our landing place today we are going to finish a little story in the bible about this woman that broke an alabaster box of ointment So important is this story that you find it in Matthew's gospel, you find it in Mark's gospel, and you find it also in John's gospel. The details of the story are very similar to a story that happened earlier in Jesus' ministry where a woman of ill repute had been saved. She came in, she cried, uh, thinking about the mercy of Jesus, and she washed his feet with her tears and her hair. Remember that at the house of Simon the Pharisee? It may be that Mary, the one that's doing the offering here, she may have been inspired by that very story. Maybe that story itself began to be told by the disciples and recounted by those close to Jesus and those women women that followed Jesus. But whatever the case, Mary herself will forever be known for this lavish gift, broken and spilled out, the alabaster box of ointment. We said yesterday that Jesus uh, stood up for her in the midst of all the murmuring, the criticism by these disciples of the good work that Mary had done and how that Jesus said, she hath wrought a good work on me. Uh, You think she is wasting her time and her money and her resources But this is not a waste at all. What she did was good. It has intrinsic worth, the act itself. You know, ointment can go away. What we give can be squandered. What we sacrifice to the Lord has a shelf life. But the act of service never goes away. Remember that passage there in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, where Paul is trying to incentivize and encourage the Corinthians to make good on their promise uh, to give to the poor saint at Jerusalem. And he quotes that uh, chapter there in the Psalms and says that the righteous act of giving will remain forever. You know, when you give, you satisfy the need of giving, whether you're giving to the poor, you're giving alms, you're giving people food, that can be consumed. But the righteous act, the righteousness of giving will endure forever. And what Jesus says here is this good work on me is a righteous and eternal 
a deed that she has done. And wow, you talk about turning straw into gold. Remember Rumpelstiltskin who weaved the straw into gold? That's what we do when we take our meager resources, when we take our time that's fleeting, when we take our resources and use them for the Lord, we are weaving straw into gold because these are works that will remain. This is a righteous deed that will stand the test of the judgment seat of Jesus Christ. What a what an, an encouraging thought that is. Look at verse number seven. Jesus continues his commendation of this woman. What he says in verse seven, for ye, he's rebuking the disciples who had been critical and who had murmured. He says, for ye, uh, ye have the poor with you always. And whensoever ye will, ye may do them good. But me, ye have not always. So what's Jesus saying? Jesus is saying, let me speak to your rationale. And their rationale was, hey, we could have sold this ointment and then taken the proceeds from that sale and helped poor people with it. And Jesus speaks to that rationale and says, listen, there will always be people that you can help. Their poor people will always be around and you can help them at any time you want. What this woman has done is she's taken her resources and anointed me first. She's put me first. I think the principle is this, that there's always going to be more time than you have, more needs than your resources can possibly satisfy. And so in the prioritization of what we do in our time, in the prioritization of what we do with our resources, we ought to put Jesus first. Jesus is not saying don't do good to the poor. I mean, if anybody exemplified doing good, loving, sacrificing for, attending to the needs of the poor, it was Jesus. The point here is not don't do good for the poor. The point here is in our lives, we should always prioritize Jesus first because as we prioritize him first, we are empowered and enabled to do all the other things best. The best allocation of your resources, the best allocation of your time and your passion is to give Jesus first place. And when we do that, the rest of the things we do are maximized, both in, in value and in, uh, and in the way we actually do them. I, I, I believe this. I believe that when we honor God first with our increase, with our finances, God blesses the rest of what we have in exponential ways. And the same thing is true of our time. So give Jesus the first day of your week, Sunday. Give him the first part of your day. Give him the first devotion of your heart. Just put Jesus first. I think it's a great principle for us to understand. Look at verse number eight, as Jesus continues her comment, continues his commendation of her. Verse number eight, she, speaking about Mary, she hath done what she could. Now, you, we can't do what we can't do. That, that's a profound statement. You can't do what you can't do, but you can do what you can do. And what I mean by that is you are not responsible for other people's stuff. See, what the disciples had said is, well, we would give that to the poor if we had it. 
we're going to, we can give away other people's stuff really well, but n- nobody in the disciple group was saying, okay, I can't give 300 pence, but here's what I have. No, nobody was interested in giving. They were only interested in criticizing what other people had given in a way that they would not have given, right? So what Jesus commended her for was she acted upon what she had. She acted upon the ability she had. She acted upon the resources she had. See, all we can do is all we can do. We will be accountable one day, not for what I could have done with something I didn't have. I won't be accountable for that. I'll be accountable for what I did with what I did have. Unto whomsoever much is given shall be much required. We are accountable for that which we have. That person that was given 10 talents was accountable for 10. The person that was given one talent wasn't judged for not tripling his resources. He wasn't judged for not not getting another 10. No, you didn't do with what you had. So our job in life is not to compare ourselves among ourselves or to measure ourselves by ourselves. That would be unwise, just as Paul told the Corinthian church. But our job is to do what we can do with what we have. What time do you have? What resources do you have? What gifts do you have? Use what God has given you for him. I think about the excuse that Moses gave. Lord, I could never go down to Egypt. I could never answer your call. You got the wrong person. I I stutter stutter, and uh, you called the wrong. And what did God say to him? Uh, What did Jehovah say to him in Exodus chapter 3? He said, Moses, what is that in thine hand? I remember the series of miracles, cast it down, it became a snake, put your hand in your coat, take it out, it was leprosy, put it back in, it was healed. The point was, Moses, I'm not going to use what you don't have. It's not what you don't have. Moses, I'm asking you to give me what you do have. Little is much when God is in it. It's not the loaves and fishes that weren't at the, the field that day. God took the loaves and fishes that were there. Give me the little that you do have. I will multiply that. That's the point. She hath done what she could. And then here, here's a statement of what she actually did do. She is come aforehand to anoint my body to the burying. That's the faith. When I spoke about dying, she was just, quote unquote, dumb enough to believe it. You guys argued about it. Your preconceptions wouldn't allow your mind to go there. But when I said to her, I'm going to die and be buried and rise again, she just had the simple faith to believe it. And she's acting upon the belief that I said, I'm going to die. And she's anointing me ahead of time for the burying. Do you find it ironic that in the previous story about Mary and Martha, it was Martha that was busy serving And in John 12, Martha is still busy serving. She's not, but what's Mary doing? Well, the Mary that sat at Jesus' feet in Luke chapter 10 is the same Mary here that's sitting at his feet again, this time washing his feet with the ointment that she has put upon them. Wow, what a story. Those that love Jesus and are attentive to his word will act upon the things that he says in simple faith. That was Mary. Now, last verse I'll read, verse number nine. Verily I say unto you, wheresoever this gospel is preached throughout the whole world. So stop for a moment and think about where you are. 
You might be in Ohio, like Doug the other day. You might be in California or Japan, uh, like like a, a, like David. I got your name wrong there. Like Kevin. I'm sorry, Kevin. Like Kevin. Uh, you might be uh, wherever you are. But wherever you are, you're hearing the story about this woman with the alabaster box of ointment. That's what Jesus said. Jesus said, as long as we're preaching the gospel, we're going to be talking about this woman. And we're talking about her today. Why? Because she made her life count for Jesus Christ. She spent her time at the feet of Jesus. She loved and was devoted to Jesus. She gave her stuff to Jesus. And we are using her even today as a type of the gospel. The Bible says in verse number nine, this also that she hath spoken of, uh, that she hath done shall be spoken of for a memorial for her. You know, we remember sports stars for a generation and then they become footnotes. We remember politicians for a generation. If they're really, really special, we remember their name for a couple hundred years. But this woman, 2,000 years ago, one act of devotion to Jesus and we're still talking about her. Wow. I hope that helps today. Nothing that's done for Jesus in sincerity will ever go away. It's eternal. Keep that in mind today as you serve people, as really as you serve Jesus by serving people. Hope you have a great day. God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If you enjoy Everyday Truth, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.